Haunted Hospital by Trevor Hoyle. Which ward are you on? Marlin 2. The ward you want is above us. Marlin 3, top floor. You do eyes, don't you? Does that involve operations? Of course. Cataracts mainly. Corneal grafts. Oh, oh, don't, Sam. I couldn't do that. Not on eyes. Doesn't it bother you? Not much point being a staff nurse on ophthalmics if it did. Yeah, I never knew you wanted to be a nurse when we were at Arlingworth High. You never said. In those days, I wanted to be a vet. If I stuck to that, I'd be making a bomb now. Is this it? The top floor? Marlon threes through those double doors. I really wanted to come up here at night. Julia, I told you on the phone. All the wards closed down at six. Everything's locked up. And this ward's empty all the time. Except for all that stuff under dust sheets. Just used as storage these days. Oh, it's cold in here. Can you feel it, or is it just me? They'll have turned the heating off. Or perhaps you've been living down south too long and turned into a mad yard. Ha, 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 ha. Everything smells musty. What was it used for before? Ear, nose and throat. Hey, Julia, come and look at the view from here. You can see for miles. Hey, so you can. It's as far as the motorway. I'm going to have a crafty smoke. Are you allowed? Being on duty. Why do you think it's crafty? Do you want one? No, thanks. You haven't said. Said what? Whether you're back up here for good or just on a visit. Must be two years at least since I last saw you. Oh. Well, truth is, Sam, I don't know myself. Things are a little bit uncertain just at the moment. Steve come up with you. That's one of the uncertainties. And the reason I came up here on my own, just have a think. Where's he from? London. No, he's a Yorkshire lad from Hebden Bridge originally. And you know the old saying? <laughs> you can always tell a Yorkshireman, but you, you can't, can't tell him much. <laughs> oh, give us a puff on that, will you? Mm. Yeah, thanks. Are you all right? Me? Yeah. Absolutely great. Apart from a tiny complication. What's that? I'm three months, nearly four actually. Pregnant. Oh. Should you be smoking? Haven't decided whether to have it or not yet. Are you really serious? About getting rid of it? I don't like that expression. It's termination. Whatever you call it, it's the same thing. Well, I don't remember you being all that high-principled in the bike shed with Darren Kershaw after a few snake bites. I'm not being Julia, but you do seem flippant about it. As if all it takes to decide is a toss of a coin. Is it Steve's? Of course it's Steve's. What, do you think I am, the crouch and bike? Sorry, kid, I'm a wee bit touchy. Oh, I can't get warm. It isn't all that cold, is it? Or is it me? It's this building. Drafty old barn of a place. Must be a hundred years old at least. A bit more than that. It's built in 1877. Oh yeah, Miss Brainbox. What month? It was opened officially in December. Facilities for the old and sick and destitute. Orphans, unmarried mothers and lunatic paupers. 
Fever ward for TB, smallpox, typhoid, imbecile ward for degenerates. You're wasted, girl. You ought to be on the weakest link. Well, it's all in this book. An account of the opening of the new Durnley workhouse, 22nd of December. Look at this. An advertisement in the Rochdale Times. The guardians of the poor are in want of a man and wife to act as porter and matron at the new union workhouse. The man will have to see that male vagrants are properly bathed, their clothes fumigated, that their food is supplied and that their task of work is performed, viz. the grinding of corn or the breaking of stones. A bathing room is provided where travellers get what is often a necessary sweetening, which is not always relished by them. The wife, as matron, will have to search and examine the female vagrants and see they are properly bathed. The joint salary will be £40 per annum, with board, washing and furnished apartments. By order, J. Turner, clerk to the guardians. What's it for? An article or something? It isn't work-related. You said on the phone something about stories you'd heard. Read about. Nothing to do with staff hearing a baby crying in the middle of the night when there were no infants on the ward or anywhere near. I thought you didn't know anything about it. I asked one of the sisters who's been here nearly 20 years. She told me the story. A baby crying in the night. There's also the one about the thin, round-shouldered man in a ragged suit, down at heel type. He wanders along the main corridor at all hours with a scraggy mongrel on a bit of knotted string. The pair of them have been seen going into the sluice room. That's down there, at the end, on the right. But when staff went to look, the room was empty. They'd vanished. Did she tell you about the male nurse on night duty? He insisted on keeping the doors wide open at either end so he could see the full length of the ward. Frightened to death of being crept up on in the middle of the night. <laughs> By what, for instance? Dracula's daughter? Something lurking around, with a heartbeat. Just a heartbeat? Nothing else? He heard what sounded like a heartbeat in the radiators. A steady, regular beating in the old Victorian pipework. All right, then. What's your explanation? I don't know. I don't have one. Oh, there's a journal of the workhouse master, Josiah Ogden. And he mentions a young woman being admitted, Lizzie Pilling. She was thrown out of the family home and ended up in here. <gasps> so, so what the hell's that? Oh, nothing. It's okay. We're high up next to the old clock tower. The mechanism still works, but the clock doesn't strike anymore. You're right. It is chilly up here. Let's go back down. Sam? What? I'm staying with my mum at the moment, but things could get a bit awkward. She brought me tea and toast in bed this morning, and I nearly threw up all over her best duvet. She doesn't know about you being... No. Won't take her long to figure it out, though. I need somewhere, just for a couple of nights. A couch would do. Sleeping bag? Sorry. All I can manage is a bed in its own room with a window and a door. <laughs> my flatmate's in Turkey till the end of next week. Sam... You are brilliant. <laughs>
Journal of the Workhouse Master, Josiah Ogden. October the 9th, 1878. We have an old man, Frederick Rhodes, in the habit of going out without leave. He has got the itch and set it on his bedfellows. bedfellows. Also, also, Pensioner Butterworth gets drunk every Tuesday and abuses other folk very ill. October 24th. Yesterday we had a very unpleasant stir with old Diggle. He's been caught playing with Nellie Chadwick in a very undecent manner. He was in such a position as to leave no further doubt about his guilt. As to Chadwick, she is as stupid as a pig and as heedless as a stone. If not curbed, I dare say she will end up in Church Lane and join that despicable gang of loose, drunken women... December 3rd. Since last report, Lizzie Pilling, Alice Grimrod and Child have come in. May perhaps be necessary to say a word with regard to Alice Grinrod. To give her character in a few words, she is a stupid, dirty, idle, saucy slut. I have taken what pains I could to improve her without success. It's all you've got. Just the one. I don't intend moving in for good. A couple of days at most. How's this? Will it do? Oh, Sam, this is lovely. Thanks. I really appreciate this. Get yourself settled in and I'll make a coffee. Or would you rather have tea? Tea? Earl Grey? I prefer Bob Standard. Not very crouch end. Well, you can take the girl out of the north. <laughs> What did your mum have to say? Does she mind? She's under the impression I've gone back to London. Is she any the wiser about you being... No, I hope not. And what about your blunt A-up Yorkshireman? Yeah, Steve knows. That's the reason I'm up here, to get away from him, continually piling on the pressure. Oh, it got me down. I think I get it. I don't think, to be honest, you get anything. Oh. Shut up, Sam. I'll go and brew the bog-standard tea. Hello? Oh, it's you. No, I didn't walk out, Steve. Not in the way you mean it. I don't know. Few days? No, I'm at Sam's place now. I don't know how soon. I've told you. No! No, I haven't decided. Not yet. I can't explain why it matters. Steve, it matters to me. Can you not just please understand? Oh, I don't want you to. I don't want you to come up here. We've talked at... Steve, we've talked enough. I'm going now. Bye. <laughs> How much further, Sam? Not far. 
nearly there. One more flow. Don't stop. Listen. What is it? I told you before, Julia. It's just the mechanism in the old clock tower. Oh, yeah. I thought you said the chimes didn't work anymore. Of course they do. After midnight, everybody knows that. Here we are. Marland 3. Sam. I don't want to go in. What? After all the trouble I've gone to. I'm scared. The baby crying in the night. Lizzie's baby. That's what you want to hear, isn't it? I've changed my mind. I don't care. I had to steal the keys to get us in. You're going through those doors. Get in there! Oh, please, no, no. Not in my condition. It'll upset me. You're staying. Look. See who's coming. The thin man in the ragged suit with a mangy dog on a bit of string. Here he comes. Keep them away from me. Keep them away from me. I want to go, Sam, please. You're not going anywhere. Porter? Matron? What's all this commotion? What's to do? What's going on, Mr. Cragg? I don't know as yet, Mrs. Cragg. Looks like an admittance. Well, girl, who are you? Who wants to know? Show some respect. Mr. Cragg wants to know. Name? Lizzie. Lizzie Pilling. Age? Seventeen. And by the look of it, Mrs. Cragg, disgraced herself and brought shame on a family. Seven. Eight months gone, I'd say. Oh, aye, we're used to her sort, aren't we, Mr. Cragg? Get dozens in here. What we call helpless women. Right, girl. Let's have you. Come with us. We know how to deal with your sort. Come here, girl. No. Don't. Don't you me, let me. No. Grab her, Mrs. Cragg. Oh, got her, Mr. Cragg. Keep quiet, you little whore. You have no rights in here, <laughs> madam. Not after what you've done. You're in here for good. No use fighting it. We've got you now. <laughs> here, you stay. enjoyed that. It's tasty. Coming from a girl who wants to use Marmite in a pudding instead of treacle, <laughs> I'm not sure that's a compliment. <laughs> I'm sorry for sounding smug yesterday. Were you? When? When I said I understood the situation between you and Steve. Obviously, I don't. Can't. Nobody can. Oh, Sam, nobody includes me. Me and Steve talked it over all through the night before I left, and I became more confused, not less. That's why what happened to Lizzie is so important to me. The awful things that she must have gone through. Lizzie? The horrible way she was treated. The abuse that she must have suffered. The young pregnant girl you told me about. What's she got to do with this? With you and Steve? Didn't I? I thought I told you. Lizzie Pilling is an ancestor of mine, a hundred years ago. My father, Ray, his mother was Sarah Pilling, and her father was a little boy born to Lizzie in the workhouse in December 1878. Right. I follow it so far, I think. The baby took his mother's maiden name. Why would he do that? 
She never married. Thanks. And he was brought up in an orphanage. I don't know that part of it for absolute certain because I haven't researched it all the way through. The family tree's got gaps in it. Do you know for certain that Lizzie had the child? And that it was a boy? Yeah, she must have done. Otherwise I wouldn't be sitting here talking to you, would I? You've invested a heck of a lot of time and effort in this, Julia. Not to mention a big chunk of emotional capital. It's something I had to do. I don't quite understand why, though. How's it relevant to you and Steve? It's perfectly straightforward. And I must be dumb or something. What I have to lose? What I'll have to give up? And not Korea, exactly, but, you know... Well, yeah, that is it. Korea. I'll say it. All right for him, of course. He's got this great job in TV, well on his way up the major greasy pole. Oh, yeah, he carries on working merrily away to Steve. No problemo at all for El Stevo. I've got this arse about face. I thought it was Steve. He was the one putting pressure on you to, to have a termination. No, Steve wants the baby. It's me that's in two minds. One of them being Lizzie Pillings, apparently. Why? What's the matter? What do you mean? Do you love Steve? What? Yeah, I think I... You only think you do? No, I do. Yes. Then what matters, Julia, is what's happening here and now. Which is that you and Steve are having a baby together. Not any of this stuff and guff about ancestors and ghosts. I mean, come on. But Sam, I want to know why Lizzie went through with it when she'd been abandoned by everybody. What gave her the strength to make that choice? Easy, I would have thought. After all, she didn't have a career to weigh in the balance. Oh. That's me summed up then, is it? You said yourself you didn't want to be saddled with a kid. And that makes me a tart with no heart. Yeah. Self-centred, selfish. Career comes before everything. You could get the keys to the ward on the top floor. But we've been up there already. Not at night. Julia, this baby crying in the night stuff, honestly, it's not healthy. Sam, are you going to help me or not? Yes, if I thought for one minute any of this made any sense or would do any good. Oh, thanks. I just hope when the day comes for you to make a choice, it's as simple and straightforward as that. I didn't have a choice. I had a miscarriage. Oh, Sam. I lost my baby 14 months ago. Oh, Sam... Oh, I never knew. I'm so sorry. Really. Really, I am. So am I. You see, Julia, I do understand about choices. To the Guardians of the Poor. Gentlemen... I append herewith a letter addressed to me from E. H. Carter, vagrant relieving officer, as follows. Sir, Daniel Barnes, a tramp, was admitted to the vagrant ward on Tuesday night at 9pm. He made demands to see an inmate, Lizzie Pilling, who I later discovered was big with child. I refused his request. 
On Wednesday morning at 6am, he was put in the tram cell to break 800 weight of stone, which he refused. He said I could do what I liked, but he was buggered if he would break any stone. He has been sent before the medical officer for reports. Your obedient servant, Elias H. Carter. Come in. Go on, get in. Mr. Pinch, sir, this is Barnes, sent by Mr. Carter for reports. Stand still there, you. Right, leave him be, Porter. You can go. Pardon, sir, I'm not sure it should be... Mr. Um... Cragg, I said go. Very good, sir. What's that blood on your chin? That were him. Clothed me. Just because I would... Pay attention, Barnes. Mr. Carter has got you down here as Tramp, age 23. You've got no permanent residence, then? I have lodgings on Arthur Street. Where's that? Spot and Bridge. I had regular work as well, till I was laid off. What as? Flannelette maker-upper. Hmm. This is a queer do. Have you been admitted to the spike before under another name? Halifax Harry or Small Bridge Dick? No. He wouldn't let me in otherwise. I told him I'd nowhere to sleep for night. So, you came in under false pretenses in order to see a young woman, Lizzie Pilling. You accepted our charity, but refused to do anything in return. Are you familiar with her circumstances? She's 17, this girl. Unwed, heavily pregnant. Are you familiar with her condition? Aye. That's why I wanted to see her. She's getting near her time and I was worried about her. Her and Bobby both. I see. The child she's carrying. Is it yours? I don't reckon that's any of our business. I won't stand for your insolence, Barnes. I can have you sent to the new Bailey on Rope Street quick as a flash. And let me correct you on one matter. It is my business. And my Christian duty mores the shameful pity of it. Oh, and Lord knows this woman you've come to see. Girl is even worse. No pride, no dignity, no shame even. Hey, what do you mean by that about Lizzie? I mean she has no more sense of common decency than a dog rutting in the street. Hey, that's she not... might as well be off and join the church laying gang. That's a fell thing to say about a young lass. Lizzie's not a bit like that. You know nothing about her. Obviously I don't know her at all. In the way you do. But somebody has to take charge of these fallen creatures and their wretched offspring. Mister, listen. Listen. All I'm asking is for five minutes with her, please. Not for me to say. That's up to the workhouse master. Porter! I've been called upon for my medical opinion, which is that you're perfectly able to perform the task of work allotted to you. I shall issue a certificate to that effect. Sir, Mr. Pinch? Confine this man. <laughs> right. Let's have you, Sonny Jim. Hey, oh, come on, move it! You talk about Christian duty. What about Christian charity? I'm telling you for the last time, shut your gob!
here. You're not with it. I'm looking for a young woman. I'm not that young either. But I'll do as well as her, won't I? Oh, what a big strong lad. <laughs> Creeping here, lovely boy. Where it's nice and warm. Get off me, woman. Let go. Where is she? Lizzie. I'm over here. Near the window.
with me. you a nice comfy berth. Oh, aye. There's plenty to do here for a young, strong lass like yourself. Working in kitchen and laundry. Plenty you can do to pay us back for our kindness. Daniel! 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 a name over and over. Who's Daniel? Oh. What's the matter? Do you feel sick? My head. You've been drinking. Was this full? Julia, this bottle of vodka. Julia, get me some. 
Is that much, Steve? There's less than a third of a bottle oh, left here. What do you expect me to do, Sam? Steve's against me. You won't help me get on the ward. Lizzie's gone into labour, and I'm afraid that my mum's going to find Julia, stop this. Stop it. You're not dreaming now. This is real and happening now. Lizzie died a long time ago. She had a baby over a hundred years ago. Where did she find the strength from? Nobody will tell me. What happened in the workhouse all those years ago has nothing to do... Nothing, no bearing on you and your baby. It's preying on your mind, giving you these nightmares. Oh, my head. Oh, I'm sick. I'll get you some aspirin. Are you any in your bag? Where did you get these from? Julia. What? These tablets, Mifepristone. You haven't taken any, have you? Not yet. Oh, thank God for that. I was told that they could induce labour. Yes, they can. Taken with alcohol, they can also kill you. I might have come in here in the morning and found you dead. Is that what you want? I can't believe you'd be that stupid, all that desperate. I am. Oh, Julia, I, I wish I could help you. I've told you how. If you really want to. Steve? Yes, who's that? I'm Sam Parker, a friend of Julia's. December 17th. Edmund Buckley died. On a Sunday, after lying in bed all week, Buckley went to courting and stopped till after dark in a chilly, damp atmosphere. Uh, the consequence was, on Monday, he began to be very badly. And from that day till his death, he never had a passage through him. His last hours were endured in agony from gut rot. After the shenanigans in the women's ward, the culprit, Barnes, was apprehended in the short hours of Tuesday morning by the strenuous efforts of the porter and two orderlies. In truth, gentlemen... I am getting fed up to the teeth with this troublemaker. He has been kept in confinement to await disciplinary proceedings. Mr Ogden, sir, I've got Barnes here. Bring him in. Remember what I said. Any more bother from you, Sonny Jim. Any disrespect to the master. And you'll get t'other eye blacked as well. Next time it'll take more than you and them two bullies. Get in! Do we need the porter to stay, Mr. Pinch? No. Wait outside, Mr. Craig. Aye, sir. Right, oh, sir. Think on you and watch your tongue. You and me's not done yet, matey. <sighs> I'll be honest. I, I don't know what to do with you, Barnes. You've caused nothing but uproar and strife since the minute you were admitted. You refuse to perform a simple task of work. Even though Mr. Pinch has certified you're perfectly fit and capable to do so. Fit as Barney's bull, Mr. Ogden. 
Now, we've had enough of you before this last disgraceful episode to put the tin lid on it, forcing your way into the women's ward in the dead of night, causing hysterics and panic. No, I never. I were only thinking of Lizzie, trying to help her. She were in dreadful pain. Lizzie Pilling. A young stray wench, he impregnated Mr. Ogden, who was about to give... I, I know all about that. I read Carter's report. Now, has the woman been delivered of the child yet? She had it at seven o'clock this morning. The matron was in attendance. Was he all right? Was it a boy or a girl? What news of mother and child, Mr. Pinch? I'm not certain this fellow has any right to be... Yeah, whatever our scruples on the matter, Mr. Pinch, he is, after all, the father... I'm informed the woman is comfortable and the lad has taken the teat. So, Barnes, transpires you have a baby son. Is there somebody with him? On what? You know, keeping an eye on Lizzie, like, and Bobby. I find this sudden concern very touching. Rather late in the day, though. Nine months too late. You know, it makes my blood boil. These feckless workshy layabouts scattering the seed and breathing the brats all over the place. It's not like what you think, mister. I really love her, I do, honest. Oh, damn it, Barnes! If you were a halfway decent man, with an ounce of backbone, you'd have taken responsibility for your own doing and made a decent woman of this girl. Yes, very well, let that be, Mr. Pinch. Why do you accuse me of shirking her? How do you know I didn't want to? Because I can see the evidence of my own eyes. I can tell your type a mile off. That may well be so, Mr. Pinch, but it's none of our concern. Me, I'm more vexed with the upheaval he's caused throughout this institution. Make no harm, sir, but they ain't treated me right. They haven't been fair. No, I'm not having that. I know for a fact that Mr. Pinch has gone out of his way to be reasonable with you. Even the porter, Mr. Cragg, has been considerate. And above board in every way possible. Are you daft or what? They kicked lumps out of me, did that swine? Him and them two gormless dead legs he calls orderlies, but just you wait. Oh, yes, wait till I spy your lad on the outside of these walls, on his own. Am I actually hearing this? It's beyond credible belief. No, it's true, I tell you. They never missed a chance, Lottie, to clout me. Barnes, quiet. Now you stand there, bold as a brass clock. Issuing threats towards loyal and respected servants of the Union Workhouse. Do you not yet grasp the gravity of your situation? Are you dead in the brain or what? Why, what do you mean? I've done no wrong. All I did was to come here to see Lizzie, and I get abused and thrown in a freezing cold That's cell. That's it. Enough. Stop. Now, will nothing give this man up a heap of the sense? Well, we'll see who can. You will be taken before the magistrate's barns at the earliest opportunity. Send for the porter. Porter! Now let them teach you a lesson, one I hope you will never forget. Now should they decide your disruptive conduct and, and threats to workhouse staff means the assizes, so be it. As for myself, I'm... I'm, I'm, I'm fed up and glad to be done with you. Yes, sir, Mr. Ogden. Mr. Craig, send for Constable Travis. I want this man taken straight away to the new Bailey. Ask Mr. Carter to issue a transferring order. Right, sir. Come on, let's be having you. Lay a finger on me now, what are you? Oh, are you, Will, will you? Yeah. You and whose regiment? Me and my own mates. All right, Porter, I'm with you. Grab his arm. Come on, grab it. Come on. I'll grab the other one. Hold it. Get Hold off it. Orderly, get in here at once. On the double. Quick. Come on. Help these men. Throw 
just taken him to the vagrant's cell. He'll only break out again. Don't worry, I have the answer. Take him up to the padded room in the imbecile ward. He'll not get out of there in a hurry. Go over you cowards. Slide the gate open. Hurry up, damn it. You two, hold him while I get the door. Oh, you swines. I want Lizzie. Push him in! Fuck's it! In you go, son of Jim! Oh, please, God. Take care of Lizzie. And the new baby. Make her love it. Care for it and not harm it. What are you chuntering on about, you idiot? Of course you won't hurt it. She's a sweet soul. It's not in her nature. And as for you, Jacob Pinch, so-called doctor, with a heart of stone who called my sweet Lizzie evil names. I'll come back one day and haunt you and your kind. Not one of you'll rest easy in these cold stone walls. Never ever again in the dead of night time, I swear it. Because then you'll hear. Oh, then you'll hear. You'll hear. You won't get into trouble, will you? Borrowing the keys to get us in. If I do, I'll know who to blame. Sam, I can't see a thing. It's pitch black. We can't turn the lights on. Wait, I've brought a torch. How's that? Stop. Wait a minute. I'm not sure this is such a great idea. Sam, we're in here now. What was I thinking of? Letting you talk me into doing this. Being a good friend. That's what. In the middle of the night. I must be out of my tiny mind. Let's go back. No, Sam. Please. You promised you'd help me. Suppose you do hear a baby crying. So what? What's it supposed to prove? It's not meant to prove anything. Even if, if nothing happens, I've got to do this for my own peace of mind. Hang on a minute. You're saying even if nothing happens, it's worth risking my career for? Julia, this is about your hormones. But for me, if we're caught, it's a disciplinary hearing. At best, I'll be demoted. At worst, I'll get kicked out. This has nothing to do with the baby crying, has it? It's not even about Lizzie and what she had to go through. Except she showed guts and I've been a coward. She was strong and faced up to it, and I can't even make a decision. Except a selfish one. Where are you going? Down. No, you're not. Come on. Let's face up to it together. Do you want the torch? No. You keep it. <laughs> <laughs> 
Like a mad woman's. It was her who's dragging me down the stairs by the roots and into the street. Julia, what are you saying? What's happening to you? And then she spat in my face in front of everybody. All the neighbours watching. Julia, can you hear me? Julia! It's no wonder you've been thrown out, bringing disgrace on your family. I wouldn't have nothing to do with you neither if you was my daughter. And I was your daughter, I'd be glad to get thrown out. Oh, is that a fact, Lady Muck? At least no daughter of mine would become a cheap tart, letting any man at all have his way with her down the nearest ginnel. offered to wed me. He's a good man, is Daniel. Says he'll find us somewhere to live. A little house. Just as soon as he can get down to Clover and Croft Mill and get yourself a job. Didn't know for sure when, though, because his landlord is having trouble. Well, nothing to fret about. You and me can wait till he comes out. <laughs> He'll have a long wait too, love, if he's sent to the assizes. He'll look after us, will Daniel? Then we'll be together, the three of us. A proper family. I would bank on it if I were you. <laughs> she hasn't a clue. Penny has a drop. What are you blathering on about? Better face it. Your man's gone and he ain't never coming back. What do you mean? Never heard of Botany Bay. <laughs> no, it's not true. He's coming back. I wouldn't hold my breath if I was you. For pity's sake, Mrs. Don't you shut your breath up. Aye. Put the bear under the blanket. That'll keep him quiet. Five minutes should do it. Say, you rolled over on top of it in your sleep. Sure nobody be none the wiser. You'd be shot of it then. I could never, never do anything like that. It's against the law. What if I got caught? Oh, bye. <coughs> oh, tell on you. Not us. Not a peep. Not if you paid me. Well, would depend how much. What if they're right? And that's me damned and done for. 
on my own and Daniel never coming back. No future to look forward to now, I'm saddled with you. Squawking, puking, millstone round my neck, dragging me down. You've put a curse on me, you have. You're my cross and my burden. Who's to know if he wants to slip down under the blanket? Easily done with me dozing off. And say I rolled over in my weariness. And then a few minutes later I wake up and find you smothered and limp without knowing why. And you yourself won't fret. You wouldn't feel very much, little chap. Drifting away peaceful and quiet. Never knowing what's happening in the world. Then you'd be free as air. You could go back home. If they love me. Well, that's your own stupid fault. Shouldn't have fallen into temptation and got yourself knocked up, should you? Oh, but it would take a heart of stone. I could never lift a finger to arm you. Poor little mite. And I'd strike dead anyone who tried. Julia! Julia! Julia, can you hear me? Sam. Yeah, I can. Julia, I heard it. The baby crying. I heard it just like you said. Oh, what's wrong with you? <gasps> what's the matter? <sighs> My stomach. Oh, I'm in terrible pain. You didn't take that drug, did you? No. I threw the tablets away. I did, honestly, I did. What are you doing here? Well, thanks for the warm welcome. I told Sam I didn't want to see you. She's no right to tell you where I was. Hey, don't go blaming Sam. She was worried about you. I was hoping you weren't still mad at me. I'm not mad at you. I was more upset. You didn't seem to care or understand what I was going through. I did understand, Julia, and I did care. It was the other stuff. Looking into the past, your obsession with that girl. I thought it was... Well... Demented? I never said that. Unhealthy, you said. Morbid. I think you threw neurotic in for good measure. I may have done. In the heat of the moment. I'm sorry. It was hurtful. I don't know if I can believe you. I wouldn't be here otherwise, would I? And I've brought something to show you. What is it? A letter. Who from? Listen. Madam. This is to inform you that your daughter has been delivered of a healthy baby son. We are advised that Lizzie was forcibly evicted from the family home on Arthur Street by her grandmother, Mrs. Florence Billing. Despite this domestic upheaval, I implore you to find it in your heart to provide a welcoming abode for mother and infant.
If no such provision can be made, the only alternative, I fear, is for the child to be taken into care and for your daughter to be detained permanently within the union workhouse, or, if no such place can be made available, to face destitution. Therefore, I urge you, in the true spirit of Christian compassion, to come to the aid of your daughter and newborn grandchild in their hour of need. I remain, I remain respectfully, respectfully yours, yours Josiah, Josiah Ogden, Master Durnley Workhouse. Where did that come from? I spent all yesterday afternoon in the local history archive. I photocopied it from the workhouse records. I thought, while you were in here recovering, I'd help you complete the picture. I didn't know Ogden had written to Lizzie's mother. It's rather a touching letter, don't you think? Thanks for doing that, Steve. I was glad to. How are you feeling? A few days rest and I'll be fine. No complications. I know you were worried I might do something, but that's over now. It's clear in my mind. Do we both want the same thing? Yeah, we do. Come here. You're right. I did become obsessed with what Lizzie Pilling went through. So dreadful, being abandoned by her family, thrown out into the street. She had a hell of a tougher struggle than me. What was her mother's reply to Ogden's letter? Nothing. She, she didn't even bother. Everything happened as Ogden said it would. Uh, the baby was taken into care, six weeks old. He was christened in the workhouse with the name Lizzie chose for him. Daniel. Daniel Barnes. Flannelette maker-upper of Arthur Street, Spoddenbridge. He must have really loved my great-great-grandmother to do what he did. What happened to him? Bars was sent by Rochdale magistrates to the Assizes and convicted of aggravated fray. In April 1879, he was put on a ship at Liverpool for Australia. That's the last anyone heard of him. Uh, and Lizzie? Ogden managed to find her a place in Durnley Workhouse as a laundry maid. She spent the rest of her life there and died in 1899. 38 years old. That's so sad. God, a miserable, empty existence. There's even sadder. Some women were still there as late as the 1970s, who'd had their babies taken from them as young, unmarried girls. They were in their 80s by then and had never set foot outside the hospital. No, is that true? Yes, it is true, according to the records. I hadn't told you now. Julia, please, promise me you won't start all over again, raking up the past. Let them rest in peace. You and me, we've got our own lives to lead now. All three of us. Haunted Hospital was written by Trevor Hoyle and directed in Manchester by Liz Leonard. <laughs>